Hey everybody, how you doing? Doug Flutie here. Welcome back. Flutie Flakes cast. Thank you for joining me. Fun, fun championship weekend. Uh, some crazy stuff. Seeing Mahomes struggle in the second half after making it look so easy in the first half. Uh, Cincinnati and L.A. getting to the Super Bowl. Matt Stafford and all his trails and tribulations through Detroit. Finally uh, having the opportunity. Excited for him and his family. Uh, my guest this week will be DJ Reader. Uh, big run stopper for Cincinnati Bengals on the insides. Had a couple of great weeks. And it's, it's fun talking with DJ because... I mean, they played the Titans where they got to be run stoppers. And then they play Mahomes where they're going three man rush and trying to uh, finesse them. It really, um, really shows you the gamut of what guys have to do defensively and defensive coordinators go through to, to go up against guys. Uh, as far as my monologue, we're going to start off the show. Tom Brady uh, on Tuesday decides to, to call it quits. 22 years of phenomenal football a legend, the goat, everything else, whatever you want to name him. Um, it's, I, I was fortunate enough to play one year with Tom and so impressed from the way he approaches the game, his handling of situational football on the field, his handling of young guys in a locker room, uh, first guy in, last guy out mentality, over outwork everybody on the team. And my, my impression, you know, you get to the end of your career and I got a little lazy in that category. Like early on, you're so ambitious. You're, you're chomping at the bit. I played 21 years. Now I had a little, chip, I had a big chip on my shoulder and uh, continued to play. And that's what kept me grinding so hard, even towards the end of my career, but it was different. You know, it wasn't quite as intense for me as it was early on. And Tom somehow through 22 years, kept that competitive edge. And in his statement, he said that, you know, I, I, this, about the commitment to, to being competitive, um, that, that he's ready to move on. And that, uh, that, that really hits home to me because that's the part that you finally get to relax. You finally just take a deep breath, enjoy your family. And I think people don't realize, um, how big family is a part of your life and the people you lean on at home while you're playing in. It's so intense being out on the field. It's so intense being in the NFL. You know, people want to, you know, Oh, they make all this money, blah, blah, blah. They should be. Well, it's still tough. It's still dealing with real family issues, dealing with your kids going through school, Matt Stafford moving from Detroit to LA with four kids, things of that nature to make, uh, to continue in your career, um, you know, you make all these life decisions. Uh, there's no doubt in any of our minds that Tom Brady could go out on the field again next year and be better than most of the league at the quarterback position. He, I'm sure he could. I mean, he finishes at 44 years old, leading the league in touchdown passes, leading the league in yards passing, the number of Super Bowl appearances, the number of Super Bowl wins, the number of championship. I mean, he gets back to the championship game in Tampa. He goes at the end of his career when New England is giving up on him, basically, and goes to another team, wins a Super Bowl, and the second year leads in every category and puts him in a position to make another run. It, it's just phenomenal. Uh, congratulations to Tom. Enjoy the family. Relax. Have some fun. And uh, you know, he's obviously already set everything in motion for his post-football career with his TB12 brand and, and all that he does. Uh, he's going to share his – his way of training with the world, which is, which is absolutely amazing. 
Let's go to this weekend. I, I think the one takeaway, the biggest for me, was watching Cincinnati come back on Kansas City. And in the first half, seeing Kansas City had four possessions, three touchdowns, and walked it down the field to just before the half. They mishandled the clock or mishandled the last play more than anything. Uh, two things on that situation that I felt was the momentum swing in the game and turned it in the direction where Cincinnati believed they still had the opportunity to come back. And, and you know, it was still early. You got a whole half of football. But on first down, goal to goal, Tony Romo's talking about it. He's like, they should run the ball here, take their time getting in the end zone, eat up the clock and score at the end. That's a great thought. But on first down is your best opportunity to score that touchdown. On first down is where you run your best play to get in the end zone. Let the defense get out there and do what, you know, if, if, if you happen to score in the first play and there's still over a minute on the clock, so be it. Your defense got to go out and do a job. Um, yeah, if you could tackle it in bounds, let the clock run. But don't let that affect your play calling on first and second down. Those are the e- – because, because the defense has to worry about run, those are the easiest – uh, situations to maybe go play action, call something different, or go ahead and run the football if you want to run the ball. But the whole game plan is open. And I, for the life of me, can't figure out why teams feel like it's their job on offense to buy that time for the defense. Yes, if, the, if you can keep the clock running, great. But don't let it affect your play calling as far as trying to get the ball into the end zone. And then the fourth or third down play where uh, get tackled behind the line or what is it on the one or two yard line clock runs out? There's five seconds left. You call a play where it's either a fade route or a quick slant. And it's one, two, three ball, balls out. If he's open, you give him a chance. If he's not open, you throw it out of the end zone or throw it at his feet. It's actually quicker to throw it at his feet, line up and kick a field goal. Big mistake by Mahomes holding the ball, little pump fake, turn, throw the swing route. They get tackled short. They Cincinnati gets to the half. Gets to regroup. I talk a little bit with DJ Reader about the, uh, the, the mentality at halftime and what they were talking about in the locker room and, and some of the things that changed going into the second half of that game. Also, then going into the second half, uh, mistake after mistake by Mahomes. I think it was 9 of 22 interceptions in the second half, about 50 yards passing. Um, I believe you can't I, – I firmly believe you can't three-man rush an athletic quarterback. I felt like when teams three man rushed me, I could hold on to the ball forever. I talk about Belichick's approach to three to uh, athletic quarterbacks and wanting to rush five, push the pocket, make them throw the football. Um, I, I really was surprised that Patrick Mahomes struggled versus three man rush and couldn't. Even in the way he scrambled at the end, he scrambled back into pressure. You got all this ground behind you to move around. Now he tried that on the last play of regulation where it almost cost him the game because he he fumbled it but Kansas City fell on it I just uh that was very surprising to me the approach uh and that it worked and I think part of it was Mahomes reverted back to what he was doing early in the year versus zone coverages uh, of holding the ball a little bit and trying to go up the field and forcing the issue a little too much and it, it didn't work out for him but uh then you flip it over and you look at Cincinnati and Joe Burrow twice on third and seven towards the end of the game where, where uh, Kansas City could have gotten the ball back. Uh, he scrambled. He avoided the rush. A couple of them, very good. Taking off and running for first downs, using his legs, his mobility 
really came into to play as well. I, he's just a gutsy kid. I love the way he plays the game. He's a cerebral guy. I, I think he is the next Tom Brady-ish quarterback. I, I really do. And he's a little more athletic and, and can take off and run. And he showed that in this game, buying time, moving around, running for first downs, running tough. He even did a little heel kick coming out and around the left side. I, I absolutely loved it. Um, jumping over, let's go over to, to Matt Stafford. I, I just uh, so happy for him that he's been in a situation in Detroit where, uh, you know, he just couldn't win his, his record. I, and then a stat came up this week that he is fourth all time and come from behind wins in the NFL. Let that sink in, in a, in a city in Detroit where they didn't win a lot of football games. He spent his whole career there, basically fourth in the NFL, all time comeback wins. So when it is on the line and he has any chance of an opportunity to pull this thing out, he's been doing it. And I'm just very happy for him, his family. His wife, Kelly, came on the field after the game. You see the embrace, how happy. And, and they've got four kids. They've been through a lot personally uh, with, with her health and, and uh, I guess a brain aneurysm that I didn't know much about. But, um, you know, you've got four kids. You're going to move from Detroit to L.A. You're making a whole family switch. This is why I talk about with Tom retiring. Family, I, I mean, at some point that takes priority. At some point, I know we all see everyone as a football player, as a guy on the field, and it's a, basically a piece of meat, and this guy sucks, and this guy shouldn't be playing, and get rid of him. And I'll tell you, it, it's the emotion there when you see a wife hug, hugging her husband on the field that she lives and dies with every moment that he is on the field. With, with, and it's not always the winning and losing. She wants him to win for him so he can be happy, so he can have uh, the critics off his back for another week, that he can relax and enjoy being home with you. You do not want to be around me when I lost a football game. And my family knew it. When I lost and came home, you knew it. My wife, by the end of my career, my wife was hiding in the ladies' room at the stadium and not watching the last five minutes of the game. Um, she at the house with friends, she would get out and go for a walk in the fourth quarter because it was so stressful. So this is what these families go through. You think you live and die with your team. You think you live and die with, uh, you know, the Buffalo bills losing the way they lost and all the Buffalo fans, nobody feels that more than a Josh Allen or the people in the front office or the guys on the field. I mean, it just, it's heart wrenching. I know a lot of people think, all oh, these guys make so much money. They don't really care. They go home and they're still making their money. It, not at all. It's a big part of you. Winning is a, it's a way of life. It's, it's what you do as an athlete. And uh, to see family on the field after a game, it, it just really warms my heart. I love seeing that. And I, th I just think so much uh, uh, of that and what that means. You know, I've been around Drew, Drew Brees in San Diego and, you know, Drew went from uh, to into retirement and jumped right into a job with NBC where, to me, it appears he's, he's going to be working a lot. He's got four, four kids that are all coming up through high school age and ages that he's going to want to be there to watch his kids play and be a part of it. And I'd be interested to see, you know, everybody needs their motivation after football. Everybody needs something to keep them inspired and work hard at and still feel accomplished. 
but um, you know, your family weighs into that. And then there comes a time where you want to spend time with your family. So uh, I'm happy for Matt Stafford. I'm happy for Tom Brady calling it quits. And uh, we actually, my grandson, we named, well, we, my, his parents, my daughter and her husband named him Brady Flutie Sumner. So he's going to be the future goat. So Tom's just getting out of the way so the future goat can arrive. My guest, DJ Reader, coming up. Thanks for joining me. Listen in. Well, one of them, welcome my guests, uh, DJ Reader, DJ Big Nose Tackle, defensive lineman, run stopper in the middle for Cincinnati, and just coming off a great week, an emotional week, and now heading to Super Bowl. You, I mean, I this start off. This, what's your feeling? Do you believe what's going on? How excited are you? How hard is it to concentrate on work? Oh man, it's crazy. It's super crazy. You know, you, it's something you think about as a kid your whole life. You know, you always say, you tell your mom or dad, hey, I'm going to go to the Super Bowl. I'm going to go to the Super Bowl. <laughs> you know, you just spend your whole career fighting for it. And you, like, it never really seems real. Like right now, it, it just kind of hit me today. Yesterday, you know, after the game, the, uh, the other day, and then just getting back home, I was just like, man, we're still playing. Like we got, we're going to the Super Bowl. Like it. Everybody else is home. Everybody, everybody else, else is home, home wishing they were yeah. you. And I guess I don't think about it during the game. Like, everybody else is watching this. But for real, this game, everybody's watching this game. Whether they're watching for the commercials or whatever they're watching for, everybody's <laughs> watching this game. So how hard, how hard is it to, to lock back in? It's, it's, we're recording this on a Tuesday. Tomorrow will be your first real work day. Have you, have you already jumped in and watched, started watching film and, and getting started? Yeah, I've watched a little bit of those guys. Um, you know, today we came in, we had to lift today. We were off a little bit yesterday. Came in and lifted today. Got a team meeting a little bit later. But, you know, we, everybody seems pretty locked in. Everybody's just still in their books. We got a young team, so everybody's still on that. They just want to look at film. They want to watch film immediately after the game. We're on the plane. We're having fun, but everybody's watched the film. Everybody's seen what they did wrong last game. So we do a good job of staying true to that. We know we got one more game. We got to finish the job. Talk to me a little bit about, like, couple of weeks ago, you're playing the Titans, right? And it's run, stop, and mode. It's here we go. And then all of a sudden you're playing Mahomes, especially for you being a big guy in the middle and a run stopper and being double team and handling all that stuff. The approach, the three-man run. What, what are you as a big guy in the middle? Saying, Coach, what are you smoking over here, Coach? Let me go. Let me play a physical game here. What's, what was your approach uh, or what were your thoughts when they start talking three-man rush stuff? I'll just do whatever the team needs to get done. I know we are, we're all bought in. Uh, everybody on, on our D-line especially is bought into what the plan is. We know we have some games where we're going to go out there and everybody can be finesse and jump out of their gaps and do what they got to do to get to the quarterback. But we know guys like Mahomes and Tannehill and those guys, you kind of got to cage rush them. You can't. You can't really just jump out of your gaps. You got to use power to your advantage. I mean, going down the middle of a guy, but you got to have vision when you're rushing. That's what we focus on. We let him out that one time in the first first quarter. Coach, we got to the sideline. Coach didn't have some very nice words for us. <laughs> so, so we had to make sure we kept that intact the rest of the game. Is that – I mean, think about – I you know, if for, for people who don't understand, cage right, he's talking about controlling your pass rush and keeping a quarterback in the pocket, keep him in front yeah. of you, not letting them loose. As a discipline, how tough is that for a guy that just plays physical football all his life? It's so it's so tough. It's super. And then you know you got the guys like 
our edge guy, their swipe guys that, you know, they, they, they like to get the swipe on, but quarterback stuff. I mean, you know, you one of those guys step up, you slide on out of there, get on, get going. And we can't have that. You, you faster than the interior guys. So we need that speed. We need that speed on the edge to stay in there and be able to hopefully chase you down. See, I played, I played a bunch of years in Canada in the middle of my career. And one of the team's approaches we used to play, they, they would put it, they would dress extra DBs. They only, it was only a 38 man roster back then. So they only dressed like four or five D linemen. And the first two plays, I intentionally held on to the ball for 17 seconds and, <laughs> and 14 seconds on the first two plays, and they were shot the rest of the game. Oh, yeah, man. That's what we wanted to be able to force in the quick reads, and hopefully, you know, it worked out. And then when he did hold it, we just had to find something in us. It was good because it was killing us. Boy, he was bouncing around. You got offensive linemen. And I didn't know there was no block in the back of the pocket. Referee explained that to me on the sideline. And it kind of – I was like, oh, man, this is be rough. <laughs> they could do whatever, bounce around and do whatever. <laughs> Have you ever, in the middle of a play, just said, oh, will you stop running around? I'm done. Like, what is the average length of a play for you? Like, def- defensively, when you're starting to rush a passer, what's your average length of play? It just depends. Usually three, four seconds, maybe. If it gets any longer than that, you you know, you just – you still going, but you're getting that feeling of hopefully somebody get there. Like one, one of us got to get there. It's just eventually – it's got to break. And I know the offensive lineman probably thinking, like, what's going on? Ball's not gone. Like, they got no vision. So now we're just running back. It's a long play for both of us, both guys on offense and defense. How about family? Are you getting the, uh, inundated with the calls for tickets? What is, first of all, so people know, how many tickets are you, do you get available to you? Oh, I don't know yet. We haven't had our team meeting, so we haven't, we haven't discussed it yet in our team meeting. So we're at one o'clock. I'll know exactly everything. Uh, but you know, everybody's hitting us up. We had a we had a death in our family on, on my mother's side, so everybody's kind of we're dealing with that on that side. Mm, so, so you know, everybody's excited. Everybody's everybody's super excited, you know, about the game and everything coming up. So everybody's supportive. You know, they're they're probably gonna hang back in Greensboro and watch it and have Greensboro turned up. Were you able to re- respond to all your text messages after the game and this week? For the, for the most part, but uh, <laughs> anybody, if you're listening, I miss you. Thank you for texting me. It was a lot of people. I was uh, celebrating with my teammates, but I appreciate y'all. So this turns into a regular work week for you. Yeah, I, like you said, you have your team meeting coming up. Um, things I, you know, you said, yeah, you know, your dream as a kid to get, go to the Super Bowl. Yeah, I went to Super Bowls. I wasn't on the field. <laughs> I, I was in the stands. I've been on the sidelines. I've worked Super Bowls. Um, you know, it, it just the, the week of activities and just for in general, for the general public, this usually this is your week of preparation. Next week, you're going to have distractions while you're there, but you still try to focus on work. Um, what are you looking forward to Super Bowl wise? Anything in your mind? I know you you know, see for you guys, it's all work, but yeah, just taking it all in, though. I, I don't want to miss out on this moment. I don't mm-hmm. want to be a person that's too cool for the moment. And, you know, I, I know it's business and I'm going to take that approach, but, you know, I want to also take it all in, you know, it's almost a lifetime opportunity and, you know, you, I'm going to get a focus on getting a win, you know, as a team. And I think that's our focus and our main drive, but also taking all the experiences. Like you said, I've been to Super Bowls, but I've never experienced it as a player. So I really want to get that experience down. I'll probably have my camera out, making sure I'm recording everything. <laughs> do it. <laughs> just making yeah, sure I'm taking it all it. in, man. Just, just documenting and making just loving on it. 
How about how about end of the half last week? I'm thinking it's 21-3. You guys haven't. I mean, they walked it down the field four straight times, right? What what was the feeling in those last couple of plays? Number one, you made the stop, and number two, going into the locker room. Oh, we just need somebody to make a play. You know, it's, a, it's those games. Sometimes you're in those games and everybody's ready to go. You can see in everybody's eyes ready to go, but not one play has been made. It seems like everything was just we couldn't make a play. Like it just couldn't happen. No matter what we did, you know, we're getting frustrated. And then, you know, I I, I thank them for not going for three right there. Uh, I think that might have that, that might have broke us a little bit. It might have might have hurt our hearts just a little bit. You know, when they went for it, we got that stop, and that was just a play we needed to be made. We just needed it. We just you know we need that energy. We went in there, we made adjustments. Uh, you know, our guys on our back can't communicate with each other. Guys on the front, and we bought into what we've been doing all year, and that, that's really what happened. You know, somebody we came out there, we made another play, made another play, and it just kind of got rolling. What well, was was there something specific you remember talking about at halftime? That that uh, okay, we're getting them second along, and our DBs were talking about a little option route they were running, and so you know, I think they went down. One of the guys said, "Just stop giving them the space. Just go take it. We got somebody for the routes over top right here." So we'll make sure to just take that space away and, you know, force them to look down. You know, that first reason out there, so you look down the rush, hopefully the rush is getting there. And they're working out for us, you know, took away a bunch of those reads and, and ended up being playing in our hands, you know, just getting second second down and third and long, just mixing up the way things look and coverages. And uh, guys on our back end are really, really smart. They communicate really well together. Um, I think uh, Luke does a good job putting them in good positions. So they, 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 they make sure they communicate really well with each other. Very cool. So, so you guys are coming back. Uh, let's see, 21. Uh, just at the end of the game, this, the, the heck with X is, not the end of the game's coming down yeah. and you know, you guys have won it, right? You seeing the ball go through. What are the emotions? Where did you jump into somebody's arms? Do you? Uh, me, me and Trey uh, Henderson sitting there, we just got our eyes closed together. I'm holding his hand. That was my brother. You know, we, we, we've been through a bunch of battles together personally and on on and off the field, <laughs> me and him go at it. Uh, but, you know, just started holding on to each other. And then it went through just rushed the field, just the emotions of everything, you know, taking a chance on coming to this place, being doubted since the moment we got here. It was just crazy. All that running through, you're just happy. Just super happy for a bunch of guys in that locker room who, you know, you, you've been through it with them. You've seen all of them grow and just have a good time and go out there and be gritty and play football, man. It, it's the best feeling in the world. It's absolutely amazing. And I mean, I go, I, you know, I'm old. I'm old as dirt. Been there. I was in the end zone. I was watching. I was at the Cincinnati San Francisco Super Bowl and watched Montana take it down the field, blah, blah, blah. Um, how did you end up in Cincinnati? How did that all transpire? Uh, just went to free agency and uh, they they called. They kept calling. They they kept telling me you know that they wanted me. Uh, they were, I think they were coming off being last in the league in the run, and uh, I was that was something I took pride in being better run player. Um, so you know, I just took a chance. I knew they were getting Joe Burrow with the number one pick, mm-hmm. and you know, I just always believe you can play for a team with a quarterback. Like you know, it doesn't have to be. I didn't know if he was going to be the best or not. Fortunately, he turned out really, really oh. good. Amazing. But, like, I, you know, I just knew that, you know, he was gritty. He seemed well in college, and you can win with a quarterback. You know, I, I, I've been in Houston and 
we had won with Brock, and I knew if you can change the defense around, you can see if a quarterback can just be functional, you can win with them. So I came in with the strength of guys who I knew were on defense, and I knew a direction they were trying to go in on defense. And when I got here, everything's kind of stuck true. Guys came in, they worked hard, and uh, everything's been exactly what I wanted it to be. Talk about a little bit. Um, I don't think people, yeah, you know, a lot of people don't know interior play and, and what goes yeah. on. Yeah, you, you're, you, even though you may not be making 18 tackles a game, what is your yeah. job? What do you, you know, explain to that, you know, taking on blocks, protecting your linebackers, some doing whatever you have to do. What, what is usually, what's it like being in the interior and having two 300 pound guys trying to move you? Uh, my job is to dominate, you know, whether that's, Taking uh, two guys sideways uh, for my linebackers to come through and fill the lane, whether that's me getting one-on-one blocks and you know creating those mismatches and making sure I get it done, but it's it's it's, it's doing all the dirty work. It's it's a good job. I, it's fun to me. I love it. Yeah, I love it. I'm not a super. I'm not a super aggressive guy off the field. I'm not that person off the field. So in between those lines, I'm competitive as hell. Though I would tell you, I'm the most competitive person you'll meet. And anything. So in between those lines, I get to really have one-on-one competition. I get to express myself as a player, not only as a player, but as a man, just imposing my will. Like, I'm going to make you force you put two on me. So that my linebackers can run free because I love them. I love them. They're faster than me. They go make tackles. They do a great job. They make sure I'm in the right spot. And if you want to, you know, take it there and we go one-on-one, then I'm going to do my best job to make the play, cut the ball off if I'm beating you front side, make you go back side of my defense, understand leverage, those type of things. What was what was your favorite run stop of the year for you personally? The uh, play that just pops into your head. I think last, last when we were playing Tennessee other week, uh, just mm-hmm. starting the game off the way we started off of that one play, you know, against uh, Derek and Saffle. You know, that I just we just heard all week just everything, and you know, I I play at the line of scrimmage, so I hear a bunch of line calls, and I hear a whole bunch of communication I can start to put it together as the game goes on. I try, I try to really put it together as the game goes on. You know, that game, we got a tip. I think the word Mon was Monday, so it was on one. Mm-hmm. It was the first first snap. So I knew as soon as they said Mon, I, I'd heard the mic point. I took a peek. I see he was behind me. I was like, they got to be running stretch this way. I was like, there's no way they're not running stretch this way. So I got off the rock and, you know, the play was what I thought it was and and that, that that it just felt good as a player, you know, to get your thoughts, everything confirmed exactly what you thought it was, and make that play, you know, as a big moment for our team. You know, I felt like it set a tempo for us that week, and just we we kept it rolling. Yeah, I think I don't think people realize the mental aspect of the game. So you know, it's physical. You know, yeah, it's, you know, you get down to fourth and goal, third and goal, and it's just pure physical, right? Yeah. But the mental gymnastics to go on to know. I don't know. They, they like to run to the bubble. They run to the guard bubble. So let's give them that look and then shift late or mm-hmm. move. I mean, how much, how much of that? I try to explain to people how much thinking does go on at times. There's a lot. There's a lot that goes on in the beginning. I think, um, you know, I always tell people like my baseball background helps me so much because the sport teaches you anticipation. Like not a lot goes on, but you got to think every pitch, what might could go on. Like what, what could possibly happen? on every pitch that was thrown in baseball. And, you know, I always did that growing up. So every single snap, I just anticipate what could happen. I'm like, well, this could happen. This might happen. Based off what they've done before, this could happen. But if I know if I get this, this is what's going on. Like, it's all confirmation once the play starts. And if that's – I feel like that type of thing, just it helps you, you know, just 
with reacting to things. It's a reactive game, but you got to be anticipating what might happen. You can't just be out there playing and being like, oh, ball snap, this is what I got to do. Like, you got to be like, well, if he does it, there's so much of that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Absolutely. No doubt. No, it, that's what, you know, you give him a look, you make him check to something and then you anticipate where he's going. It, it's, it's, it's great when that comes together, but you opened a can of worms. All right. What position in baseball? What did you do baseball wise? I pitched and played first base. I pitched first and played first. Cause I am a baseball junkie. I'm like, I can't compete yeah. hard at basketball anymore. My knees are shot. I can't do that. I play a ton of old man baseball. I actually have a tournament coming up. Uh, okay. Yeah, with a bunch of old guys. I get Johnny Damon's played with us. Uh, nice. Yeah, Tommy Glavin's pitched with us. Uh, I've got like like one guy you coming over. Some the legends. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's so much fun. Do you, now, and you've got to do the after you retire from football, go back to being a power hitter and in these leagues. You don't have to run. Yeah. I mean, I, I can still run a little bit, so I run the bases. But some mm-hmm. of the guys that are just big guys can hit. Smack one out there to the fence, jog the first pinch runner. I'm sitting down. <laughs> it's like, a, so. All right, I don't have to get on that. I, I'm going to have to look into that when I get done playing for sure. I, I love it. Every offseason, I get to get back and I get to go around the guys, just mm-hmm. see them playing, just go to all the AAU baseball tournaments, things like that. So I, I love it still. I, it's one of my favorite things to watch. I watch all the time. I love going to Reds games too. Oh, it's so much fun. And I, you know, I coach a little bit of little league too. So I'm around the ball field. Nice. All the time. It's so much fun just pick up a glove again. Like I had a 25 year window where I never touched a baseball or a glove. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden we started doing this again and just pick up, have a glove, pick it up and start throwing again. It's so right, much. Just, I got one. I got a good uh, love. I'm throwing every off season. I'm ready to go. All, of all right. I'm, <laughs> re- I'm going to recruit this. Last off season. All right. See, I have to move down a few divisions to let you play with us. <laughs> I'm going to have to play with the Oprah. <laughs> I, I love playing with the old guys because I still look like an athlete. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate your time. Good luck. Have fun. with. I mean, this week, if any advice for me is take this week serious. This is your most serious week. Next yes, week, sir. enjoy a little bit, but stay on top of it. I wish you all the best. And uh, thanks so much for joining me. It's fun talking with you. No, man, thank you for having me. It's amazing to be on this show. I, this is something I never thought I'd be talking to Doug Flutie. It's crazy. <laughs> but, oh, I appreciate it, man. I just appreciate you having me. And thank you. Thank you for all the wishes. All right. Go get him. Love it. Gotcha. Thanks so appreciate much. Appreciate it. Remember, you can get the Flutie Flakes cast on Apple, Pandora, and Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. Make sure to rate and review. Let's take a look at the questions you guys have coming in this week from Twitter and uh, see what's going on out there. All right, Doug, you ready? Go get it, Cliff. All right. Which college coaches are ready to make that jump to the NFL right now? Well, there's a lot of talk. There is a lot of talk about Jim Harbaugh coming back. Um, that just kind of got rekindled this week. And I, you know, I, I, Jim's mentality, I like him better in the NFL. I really do. I, I, I just, uh, he, he, he got it together for Michigan this year. Um, he's had a lot of success at the college level, uh, but his intensity, you know what? I think, I think he's mellowed a little more, um, as he's gotten a little older. Um, but, I, I see him getting back. I see him getting back to the NFL. He had a good finish there. You Look, if you're a college coach, if you're a head coach anywhere, anytime, there's one end result. 
you're either the all-time greatest and you retire on your terms or 99.9%, we're all getting fired at some point. You don't want to be fired from your alma mater. You know, he's a legend there at Michigan. He's had a good little run. He struggled at Michigan. He had a great run out of Stanford. He struggled at Michigan. And then he had a great year this year. He really did. So it would be, if I'm Jim, I'm thinking, you know what? I don't, I don't know if I can do this year in and year out and, and keep and beat Ohio State and get to where I want to be. Let's go back to the NFL and see if I can prove myself there. All right, cool, cool. All right, who's your Super Bowl favorite and why? Who's my Super Bowl favorite? Um, geez, you know, I, it, I, I'm not a team guy. Like when I'm watching now, I've, I've said this in the past, I'm more about people. Uh, and I love Joe Burrow. Uh, I, I got a chance to meet him, you know, when he was winning the Heisman and all that. And I really enjoyed being around him and his family. But I think Matt Stafford's story. Uh, Joe's going to win his Super Bowls. Joe's going to win his. So I think I think I got to lean towards Matt Stafford and, and root for the Rams. All right. So forget about the Super Bowl favorite as a team. Which duo will win? Stafford and Cup or Burrow and Chase? Like who will mm. perform better in the Super Bowl? I'll tell you what, Burrow and Chase have been pretty darn uh, impressive. When you talk about Stafford and Cup, I love that too. I, I'm going to go with Stafford and Cup. Um, I think primarily because of the Rams' pass rush on Burrow. That's honestly where the, I think this game, um, the big matchup is the the offensive line. Can they hold up? Can Cincinnati's offensive line hold up? And I don't think so. Um, Stafford and Cup, they come into the office early. They get together. They're talking game plan stuff all the time. They're hanging out at lunch. They're talking. And that's, I, I remember my, the guys that I had a rapport with, the guys that had their best years or when I had my best years were the guys that just in general conversation, you're walking, I don't know, walking out of the facility together to go where we're going to go to dinner. And you're talking about an option route. And, you know, if this guy's on my inside, I'm going to do this. If this guy's, and that's the stuff that, that makes a difference in a the game. They had third down. They had a, a geez, third and 13 or something like that and hits the corner route for a touchdown. And it was kind of a cover. It was a cover two look on that side. Number one, the corner didn't jam them. Number two, the, the corner didn't retreat far enough for the down and distance. But Cup, he went up, went at that safety because he got a free release. Right away, he recognized, I really don't have to stick this safety hard. I'm not going to, I'm going to speed cut. The, I didn't make, he didn't make a great move. He just speed cut it to get to that open area now. And Stafford was ready to throw the football. It didn't take as long as it usually takes. And bang, the spot was there and they hit. It's, it's two guys feeling it at the same time and anticipating seeing the same thing simultaneously you you see the leverage whether it's a, a zone or a man read whatever it is whatever the read is they're both seeing it the same way they can anticipate exactly what each other is doing and it translates into completions first downs and moving the football well here's uh here's a fan saying something to you brent j underscore 58 it's going to be a great super bowl i'm a huge fan of yours back to the bills days that's all he wanted to say <laughs> well I, I you know the super bowl is going to be fun it's two different teams all that back to my bills day i had so much fun playing in buffalo and a big part of that a big part of it was i'd been out of the league for eight years i was excited to get back and improve myself and the buffalo fans really embraced me i was uh i can't explain like i went back to buffalo two years ago 
for the first time to a game the year before COVID. So maybe it was two and a half, three years ago. Um, and I went, I'd been back in Buffalo for Jim Kelly's golf tournament, maybe a couple of events or whatever, but I actually was at the stadium and I got asked to do an autograph signing by the, their, their PR department. I'm like, yeah, I'll do it in the morning of the game. I go, you know, the game's going on. I'm 15 years removed from playing. I played three years in Buffalo. I'm not Jim Kelly. All right. The line was out the door. I signed, it was supposed to be an hour autograph session. I signed for like two and a half hours right up to kickoff. And we actually had to cut the line off. And I was like, these people are nuts. It's like, I played three years in Buffalo. You people, they were great. I used to say this about the Buffalo fans. They would go on, like when they have a home game, they go on vacation to the parking lot all week. They're parking RVs in the parking lot on Wednesday and camping out. It's just, it's an event. They love their team. They love, and, and, you know, there's not a lot else going on up in Buffalo. So they live for the bills. All right, Doug, final question from Patrick Tolan, zero five. What do you find more interesting to watch, college football or pros? And why college? (laughs) (laughs) Um, I've always loved college ball more um, because it – and it's waning in these years. It really is. I loved college because the guys – there's the – the loyalty factor. This is my school. This is where I'm going to school. This is think of high school days, right? You grew up with your kids in your town and you're going to high school together and you're playing high school football together. And these are your, this is your family. These are kids you've known for 15 years. When you go to college, you're living together in the dorms. You're eating every meal together. You're hanging out. You do it. There's a bond there that isn't the same in the NFL. And I love that about college football. But that's disappearing with this transfer portal, with the extra years and guys just moving. And it's a free, whole free agency market. It's like you don't pick a school anymore uh, over a school. You're picking about your opportunity to get on the field. And if I'm not going to be on the field, I'm leaving and going here. Well, for me, even if I didn't play football, even if I didn't, it didn't work out in football, I was staying at Boston College because I loved Boston College. I loved my teammates. I loved being around. And that's the part of college football that always made college football so great for me that I loved about it. Um, and that's slowly disappearing. It's not slowly disappearing. It's disappearing. That is it. Well, that's, I, tell, it, I can get passionate about college. Like I, My college experience was... I, I, you know, I never want, I, I finished third in the Heisman my junior year. And maybe I wasn't the NFL prospect. A lot of these guys were, were or are now. So it, it was a different world, a different time, but it never entered my mind to leave school early. I loved being there. I loved my senior year. I loved being a part of that group. Um, that's, that's stuff that, uh, you know, lives with you the rest of your life. Thanks, guys, for your Twitter questions. That's amazing. A lot of fun to start talking those stories. Keep them coming. Uh, Get me to talk about whatever it is you want to talk about. Well, Super Bowl coming up. we got a week and a half of hype coming up. Let's have a blast with it. Enjoy it. Everybody will overanalyze, pick everything apart, tell you why this one team has no chance, and then we'll actually watch a football game and and turn it all loose. Everybody else is home watching. Only one team is going to be happy at the end of the year every year. It's been an amazing season. All these close finishes through the playoffs have been absolutely ridiculous. Let's hope the Super Bowl is the same. Thanks again for listening to the Flutie Flakes cast. I'm Doug Flutie. We'll talk to you next week.
Sirius XM Podcasts.